What's up, y'all? It's your girl, KB, and welcome to another episode of the Heart Combos Podcast, where we believe it's not a hard conversation, it's a heart conversation. With me today, for the second to last time this season, is my amazing co-host, Raphine. Hello. Hello, hello. We're almost done. We are. For you guys listening, this is the second to last episode in season two. One, I'm shocked that we've been able to even do two full seasons um, because, man, doing a podcast takes work and consistency and time management and all the things that I'm not always the best at. Um, However, we have seen another season and we're almost to the end. So this episode and next week's episode, well, next week's episode will be the last episode for the season but we will be back uh, in a few months and uh fresher than ever with some new dynamics we'll actually be recording the podcast so that you guys can get the visual uh video wise and then we will um have a couple of other new things up our sleeves so there's that but we are here today how are you feeling how was your week how was your easter Mm. easter was fine i watched church online and I enjoyed that. I watched a few services. Um, and like being in the house, well, that's not true. Anyway, so um, I watched a few services. I made dinner, like traditional, not a traditional, but I made an Easter dinner. I typically would make an Easter dinner, so I did that. Which I had. And I made fried pork chops, macaroni and cheese, sweet potato casserole, spinach, cornbread. That was it. Oh, and I had a pound cake. Girl. My goodness. You was cooking for how many people? What? Two. Man, I don't even feel like that much that much food is even right for more than uh more than one person. But you know. You're assuming that I made a whole lot of food. I did not. How do you make I those? made two How pork you... chops? Okay. And they were pretty big, so we just cut one in half. And so then there was enough leftovers of that for another meal. There was extra like macaroni and sweet potato casserole, but I cooked Saturday for the whole week so there was like chicken and shrimp and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff that I had made for us to eat during the week so it could be paired with those things yeah as well um but I mean Easter was cool the week has been fine getting stuff prepared for um for something that I'm doing counseling wise and then just like doing some stuff around what are the house, you like doing? cleaning up and what let's go back, shall we? What what are you doing counseling wise? What's going on? I'm on. still working. <laughs> Come on, tell the people what you're doing. I think it's cool. I am so I'm offering a free mini series for teenage girls on communication. It's not a therapy group. It's more like a, you're going to come in here, learn a little bit about communication, and then I'm going to open up the floor for discussion and Q&A. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it will be fun. I really enjoy working with teenagers. And so that gets me 
excited and fired up and um, people have been signing up and emailing about it and so it should be good I'm excited about it too I think that um, your ability to really like connect with teens and have these types of conversations with them are essential and necessary and just encouraging to me that someone is prioritizing them you know during this time um, a lot of people are championing uh, uh, mental health right now as we're all trying to figure out ways to cope and figure out ways to kind of deal with what's what's going on. And I wonder how many people are encouraging, you know, for teenagers to sit down and have those conversations with, with people as well, because they are too, you know, being impacted and affected and in some ways, probably in a more jarring way than than adults, you know, one, because they're children, you know, they don't have a fully formed situation, you know what I'm saying, like, going on yet, um, and, and I think there's some aspect of, like, after I've lived for so long, you, you can almost, you kind of have embraced the reality that, oh, tragic things in life happen, where I don't, I don't know if all 14 or 15 year olds really have wrapped their mind around it, hence things that you said in, in previous episodes, where you're like, yeah, girl, when you're 15, 16, so you just feel like you're invisible, like stuff ain't never gonna happen to you. Like you just, you're just not thinking about that stuff. So, you know, for a kid who finds himself in that space and I mean, yet in the middle of a pandemic, like what the heck? Like it's one mm -hmm. thing for you to tell me that pandemics happen, right? It's another thing for me to be impacted like by a pandemic so suddenly, you know, and that affecting my ability to walk for graduation, affecting my ability to go to school and to see my friends, to escape my household or to, you know, be in the, in the place that, you know, where I thrive the most or whatever. So I love it. That's why I wanted you to share it because if you have a teen in your life, um, uh, please like have a heart conversation with them. You know, I know a lot of times we talk about heart combos in the context of adulthood and, uh, you know, at least from my vantage point, where I'm usually implying adult relationships. However, conversations need to be had with our teenagers during this time uh, because they can't process what's going on. Whereas my three-year-old is really still trying to figure out why the park is closed and why church is closed <laughs> every time she has to go. She don't really know what's going on, but she's like, hey, everything's closed right now. And But a teenager is very much so aware. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah. What about your Easter? Um, <laughs> we had rice and chicken, um, you know, that's a staple in my house. Uh, Candace, uh, our housemate, she actually, um, made like a Indian curry kind of butter chicken situation. So it really, it was like a, a chicken and salsa over rice kind of situation, which, you know, is our staple meal in the household. Cause that's what our three year old eat anything with a protein with sauce and starch <laughs> so um it, but new development our kid loves broccoli she's like mm -hmm. it's not new you just it's new to me <laughs> okay it's yes new that's accurate. to me i didn't know my kid loved broccoli as much as she does my god she had a whole plate one night it was like my god no broccoli broccoli yes i was like you like broccoli? I love broccoli. It's like, man, we could have been feeding you broccoli your whole life. We've given you chicken nuggets and french fries. Uh, so we're working on it, okay? First kid, we're just trying to keep her alive most days. But feeding her broccoli will probably help. So, um, And any broccoli. other vegetable. She enjoys green beans. I'm not feeding her peas because I hate peas. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with her. It does. I can't even watch people eat peas. So she's going to have to wait until she gets out of my house. Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying. No, she she she's done well. That's not what I was talking about. So for Easter, we uh had chicken and rice. Um and Candace actually made that dish for us because um we met for the collective and I was kind of consumed with that. And so yeah, man, Easter uh dinner was was uh, was really good and um yeah, Easter, I mean, I I might have drifted off in a couple of services. We usually watch like three different services on Sunday since we can like tune into all of our favorite, you know, churches that we've been connected to at different points in life. And I was so exhausted because I think I stayed up too late on Saturday. So it was a day of rest for me uh, for the most part, not my traditional Easter experience. Um, and I think Saturday, our church was um, passing out like uh, an Easter bag for like the kids like really really young kids um it had like a like, coloring book in it. it i mean it was it was, just, it was a way uh for them to kind of love on on kids um since the easter basket thing wasn't really a thing and it was so funny because you look like you was pulling up to a to a probably a COVID 19 testing center literally it was like gongs and you like pull up and literally mask gloves like <laughs> through the thing they were like through your, your back windows like here's your bag it's like thank you like you just roll it's it kind and so um it was kind of them to do that and so amari enjoyed that um so easter weekend was very chill very very chill uh for us um and we don't have extended family here like my parents and stuff so it's not like we were missing out on something we would have been able to do with like all of the family gatherings so to speak but um but it was chill so that was that was easter for us so as we jump into the topic for this week um we're talking about coping so just amidst all the things that are happening right now with COVID 19 and the pandemic and stay-at-home orders and um people you know none of, I wouldn't call it working from home you're really you, I mean working from home has a different I think sentiment than I'm having to like be at home during a pandemic and accomplish <laughs> like my responsibilities I just feel like it's different working from home I think in other contexts feels different uh than what it feels like now but um as people are adjusting to this new normal uh for the foreseeable future um we figured we'd have a, a just a practical conversation about some how-tos for folks um and maybe give people some practical uh tools so it's kind of a continued conversation on from last week but really we're just going to talk about coping uh, what it is um ways that you can cope that might be life-giving for you um and really just kind of normalize some of maybe what you might be feeling and what's going on so we hope that this episode is encouraging to you um yeah and that you um yeah just find a sense of comfort and and uh encouragement uh, by it so raffinate can you give us a definition of what coping is coping is anything you do to deal or to manage situation okay so it can be a healthy way you deal or manage or an unhealthy way you deal or manage with whatever situation that may be going on. Yeah. Very simply put. So what are, let, let's talk about some, some feelings that people might be feeling right now. Um, kind of during all of this. Um, do you feel busy, like busier than usual during this time? Or do you feel more, uh, what's, the, what's the opposite of busy? If you're not busy, you're maybe stagnant or... Um, not busy? Or not busy. 
during, like, during, this, mm, during this time. Are you busy it, or are things kind of slow? Maybe. Right. Are things kind of slow for you? Do you feel um, burnt out right now um, because of what's going on? Maybe you have, you're, you're engaging more people than usual because you don't have the ability to escape or to leave your home or, um, or are you feeling more isolation, more isolated now, right? Than you ever have because you actually are in an apartment by yourself, you know, and would like to see some people, but you can, cannot. Um, do you feel drained? Um, right now, those are some, some feelings I would, I would say might be common for people during this time. What are some ways that people who might be feeling those things, what could they be doing to cope? If I'm super, super busy right now, what are some things I'm doing to, to, to deal or to manage that busyness? Well, I think if you're busy, it can be helpful to have space to not be busy. So let's say you're busy because of work, then making sure that you give yourself time and space to not do work. I think it can be easy, especially if you're working from home, for work time and home time to be blurred because now mm. it's at the same space. That's good. And for some people, they've been working from home. It's just... I have to stay here now, or maybe now I'm working from home, but my kids are here, whereas they were at school or daycare. And so I think it's a, 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 a figuring out of how do I create and carve out time and space to decompress in some kind of way, whether that is 30 minutes, whether that's an hour, mm. whether that's 15 minute breaks throughout my workday, like just give, finding time and space to do that. If I usually work through lunch, maybe I need to actually get up from my computer and mm. eat my lunch away mm -hmm. from my desk. Yes. Um, I think there are small things that can be done to help with some of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say you're not going to feel busy at all as much as just taking those pockets as they arrive or making time to have those pockets. Absolutely. That's good. I know this is kind of maybe veering off, but you know, I'm always thinking about everything in the context of, of relationships. And so you said work and home time right now are probably blurred for some people because there isn't that distinction of, um, of, uh, what am I trying to say? There isn't like that I leave home to go to work. Yes, and then exactly. And there are those hours. Then I go back to my home. Exactly. So do you feel like relationships could look blurred right now? Like work and home life are blurred. Do you feel like that same idea is true? Maybe in some relationship dynamics where it's like, this is blurred. Like I can't really distinguish what was easy to distinguish before. Maybe. I mean, if I think about like a household that maybe has two parents and kids and we both are trying to work from home and the kids have to do school work. And we're like, we're teachers, we're parents. My God. We're also still married. We're mm -hmm. here all day. You're mm -hmm. not going to work. I'm not going to work. It's like, mm -hmm. I see you all the hours. Mm -hmm. um, and for some people that's exciting and they're enjoying it. And for some people they're like, I really wish you were essential so that you could go to your, <laughs> to your office. <laughs> And be as safe as possible, but still just not be here. <laughs> yeah. Or even even in a roommate situation, even if, like, let's say you don't have kids, you, you, you have a roommate, and y'all are 
both or four of you, however many people live in the house, y'all are both home at the same time now all the time. Um, or if you stay with a partner, like just the newness of being there consistently, I think for sure is can be like, I need, I just need to have some me time. Like I might not want to be all up under you all day. Like mm. I love you and amen. But like, go watch a movie in, in the living room and I'm going to be in the bedroom, like having <laughs> a long time. And I think that's okay though. Yes. I just think people should probably be talking about that stuff and being able to, some of it is slowing down and realizing that that's what you need in a moment so that you can say, you know what, we've been looking at each other a lot and I just need an hour just to be by myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that that is huge when you said it that's why it clicked to me just I was like oh I feel that way about because <laughs> I mean as far as home and work life like I wasn't leaving to go to work you know and coming home having that distinction I can only imagine for a person who's used to that those uh, <clears throat> are those considered rigid rigid boundaries like those 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 boundaries that distinguish yeah. like you know very like firm clear yes like they're very firm very clear I know that when I'm in this space this is what's expected of me all that kind of stuff let me just tell you right now like while I am trying to uh while I'm trying to run a business while I'm trying to be a mom while I'm trying to be a wife like it's it's like I usually don't go through the day thinking about like man like how can I like serve my husband and so because he's not here like he's at his at his job he's doing what he's doing you get what I mean and so maybe I think of him and I shoot him a text he usually does that for me that he leads in that but like I'm not thinking about that but now I feel more pressure to think about that more often because we're staring at each other all day you know mm-hmm. same thing with um you know like Amari like I love Amari but I, we have typically like sent her <laughs> to a space where someone else was like <laughs> educating her, feeding her, putting her down for a nap. I don't know how they did it because we can't, but <laughs> like that was happening. And so now I feel like all of those lines kind of get blurred and it's harder to draw boundaries for like, when should I be doing what? And I'm not actually saying that I, I can or that there's a formula for actually doing that right now in our current situation as much as it was encouraging to hear you say that, oh no, like lines are just being blurred together right now. And so people need to figure out how to cope amidst being in a situation where the lines are, are blurred. You get what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how do I deal with the fact that I now have new pressure coming from different spaces and I'm used to my boundaries looking a certain way. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that it just, it just clicked with me. But to your point, it's like maybe being, maybe being able to say, you know what I'm saying? Like this time is for you. <laughs> Actually, I feel like having more boundaries in a time in a space where everything feels blurred and convoluted is probably mm-hmm. better. Like, it's probably better right now where everything is kind of like uh, to set as many boundaries as you possibly can in the areas that you can, because just the nature of the situation, there's going to be things that you can't you can't control. Like, so as much structure as I can give to my daughter's schedule as possible, cool. Will she live by that schedule to the T? No, absolutely not. <laughs> but at least we have something to go back to because we actually were intentional about making a very detailed schedule, even when things have kind of gone off. If we have porous, 
boundaries though. She's like, <laughs> I'll be learning. Um, you know, okay. like with her, then it's kind of like, well, if something kind of goes off track, then now the rest of the day is just completely off track. You get what I mean? And so having, I can't tell you how many conversations Mike and I are having literally throughout the day, like in the morning, like, Hey, what does this day need to look like? Even though we just had this conversation before we went to bed, but it's like, Hey, what does they need to look like? What do you have at what time? So can you do this? Like we've never had to have it so often, you know what I'm saying? Like or as often as, as we're having it now, whereas before it was like, Oh, before you go to bed. Okay, cool. Now it's like, I need to know what to expect from you between 11 and one. Because this is what we're trying to accomplish. You get what I mean? Um, when are you going to be off your call exactly? Like, you know, like that, that type of stuff. Um, well, in a parenting model, I think that's important to have. I have a colleague that was talking about how he and his wife have, they're just trying to figure out what do we need to do? They have three kids in the home under the age of, I think, nine or so is the oldest Mm -hmm. and so he was talking about how they have decided that they will do like a primary and a secondary parent so basically like the primary parent like you for that day or the morning even some days like you are helping the kids get onto their video with their teacher and making sure they're getting their work done and you're doing your work as well, but maybe your primary because you don't have any calls or meetings mm-hmm. that you like, I have to be online for. And so he's like, we haven't, you know, figured it out a hundred percent, but that is helping them to try to have some level of sanity and structure in the midst of having two parents that are working from home and having meetings and then also three kids that have to log on to the computer at a certain time and see the teacher and he's mm-hmm. like it's been the best thing that we can do for now to help us and he's like and it changes every day it's not like oh you're the primary all this week mm-hmm. he's like you know one day it might be me the other day it Girl. might be hers sometimes you got it in the morning and I got it in the afternoon oh, yeah, because of meetings say. and things like that so that's exactly um, how it is, moment to moment. I don't think, I mean, as far as I'm concerned in our home, there's no way that we could be like, you're the primary parent on these days, these days, these days. It's like, no, you're the primary parent, like, up until 10, 15. 10, 15, I got her, we're doing lesson, we're doing, I'll handle lunch, I'll handle whatever. And then it's like, because you have, you have meetings. So I can see that primary, secondary parent thing being so helpful throughout like we switching multiple times a day um because like hey i need you to have her late afternoon because i'm gonna be focused on trying to get dinner ready you get what i mean and i can't cook and attend to her you know what i'm saying like so yeah i could see that easily being a thing that's good that primary secondary thing is good i'm about to implement that immediately into my life okay I'm serious. Okay, so my other question is, um, let's say we we talked about someone who is busy before we got off on on that relationship tangent. Someone who is busy might need to make space to decompress, right? And think about coping in that way. For someone who feels isolated, lonely, um, what are some ways that they can be coping? Well, I think it depends on what you are feeling lonely or isolated about so if it's I miss doing like organized activity because I played a sport then 
Um, it might mean, you know, taking a walk at the park with a friend or something. Um, I met up with someone a few weeks ago and we walked at a local trail and it was a way to work out, but then also just kind of talk like, how you doing? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's all kinds of, you know, social media and stuff that's not new that's been out there. So whether that is Facebook, Instagram, people are zooming a lot more with their families and stuff because zoom has the free version. Um, so I've seen a lot of, lot of people being on zoom i'm like mm-hmm. look here if i'm on zoom do not be taking my picture and posting it on the internet like oh we just had a group meeting oh we had girls happy hour i'm like good for y'all but did these people say you want to they wanted their picture on the world wide web listen um so i see people doing that facetiming my family uh a few of us have done group facetimes but that's not new for us just because mm-hmm. we don't all live in the same city Mm-hmm. but I can say I've talked to some of my family members more than I have previously just because I don't have the ability to just pick up and go mm-hmm. like I did before um some people are doing snail mail so I got a come on writing a snail mail letter from a, a, a girl that I went to college with and she had posted on Facebook like I'm mailing out letters if you want one say me or something so I was like me I love snail mail Mm -hmm. so I sent her my address and then one day the mail came in and there was a letter from her and I was like oh I totally forgot I had even given her my (laughs) my address Mm -hmm. um so that was cool and I sent a card to a friend of mine as well um but just like trying to I think find creative ways to connect with people I've seen people doing like um, drive-by baby showers. Mm-hmm. So I have friends that are pregnant right now. And so they, if people have like set up a spot for them and people like drive by with their presents sure. and drop them at the corner or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the way in which you can connect if you're feeling isolated is plentiful. And some people may say, well, I don't even really have any friends. So I'm having a harder time connecting. And in those moments, I think, then it's like finding these online meetups and things like that that are out there that are happening or mm-hmm. uh, shared affinity or interest groups. So like a lot of artists are doing concerts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just finding, I guess, outlets and things that you do enjoy where you can maybe not physically touch somebody, but you can like see their face, hear their voice connect in some kind of way or go meet somebody out and just like stay your six feet apart from each other um, and do something like a walk or something like that. That's good. That's good. I saw uh, someone having a baby shower uh, online. It was like 40 people on a Zoom, <laughs> Zoom call and they were asking questions and encouraging and playing some, they were figured out a way to play a game, you know? And so I thought that was just really creative and still a way to kind of celebrate that couple, you know, in amidst this time where they would usually have lots of people surrounding them and they, they can't. So that was really cool. What if a person is having like trouble concentrating or remembering things or like 
controlling like their responses. Um, I saw a post online recently where <clears throat> the woman was talking about how it's called amygdala hijack. Um, but essentially it's like, because things are changing suddenly people are finding themselves in like this space where they're like, Oh, I can't control. This is not my normal, whatever. So they find themselves being far more emotional than usual, lashing out maybe more than usual, but they, or they can't get a grip like on what's going on. Like usually they're on top of it. They got scheduled, they got whatever, but all of that has changed. So now they're like, can't really remember what I was going to do. I feel like my focus is off or whatever, just, you know, can't function at the level that they've been able to function before. What are some things that, that they, that they can do? Is it as practical as like, Hey, just pause, take a deep breath, like write things down. You get what I'm saying? Like make more notes or, or is there, is there something else that, that people who are finding themselves not able to function at the level they've been functioning at before can cope? The first thing that came to my mind was like lower your expectations of yourself to be doing the same thing mm -hmm. because you're not in the same space that you were before. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are a lot of things that are outside of our control right now. There are a lot of things that are unknown right now. So expecting yourself to perform at the same level in a different scenario is I think unrealistic it's like a fish being in water mm -hmm. and then being on a boat and expecting to be able to breathe and swim in the same kind of way like there's no water and this is a totally different environment so you're not gonna continue to breathe and swim on a boat like you would in the ocean mm -hmm. um, so I think some of it is like going easy on yourself and being gentle with yourself and and kind of exploring like okay what what is the new normal and you may have to do that every day because <laughs> every day it might be different now for mm -hmm. some people it's like okay once I figure out what the new normal is then it's going to be fairly consistent but for mm -hmm. some people that changes day to day for a whole lot of reasons I also think some of it can be as practical as like breathe give yourself space to regroup and say okay what is it that I need to do if you need to make lists make list. Um, some people thrive with making to-do list me, just because me, they baby. can see, me, baby. they can see pen to paper or on their phone. Here's all the things that I need to do. And then practically see that they're actually getting things accomplished. And for some, like your brain <laughs> responds to that, being able to see mm -hmm. that like, oh, okay, things are getting done. Because when you're just doing tasks, sometimes it feels like I've done nothing all day. And it's like, you yep. probably did some stuff, yep. but it may not have been the stuff that maybe you thought would be most significant or most valuable. And I think that is true for people that are very structured, people that are achievers, um, people that ordinarily live off a list and just, I do well with this. I think if you are um though gentle with yourself then it gives you kind of the wiggle room for things to be different and for you to figure it out and it releases that pressure that you may be putting on yourself to do be perform in the same kind of way and then i also think it's it's good to like do something that you enjoy 
And it might not, you might not, maybe you're like, well, I like going to the club. Well, pull up Instagram and watch D-Nice, okay? You can't go to the club right now. Um, <laughs> Come on, club quarantine. Like, <laughs> there, I think there are so many creative ways, literally. I mean, I'm like, y'all better dream and be creative out here. <laughs> I, I, it, it makes me think adults are having the opportunity to be like children and dream again. Cause I think sometimes as adults, we don't dream and like imagine. And this I think is kind of forcing people to think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And who would have ever thought of having a drive by baby shower? Nobody. Mm -hmm. But for a person that don't really want to kick it with a lot of people, they might start doing this in the future. Not just during mm -hmm. social distance. Like they just drive by my house and drop your presents off and wave and go back home <laughs> <laughs> one of the things you said that uh <clears throat> I think I resonate with is that I, I'm not kind like to myself or gentle with myself <clears throat> um yeah like I just hold myself to a very high standard I'm constantly just going and critiquing and trying to be better and um, I'm a hard worker and I just, I'm not always kind to myself. And so to hear you say that, hey, be gentle with yourself, like be kind to yourself, you know, especially being in a space where you can't function to the degree. I mean, that I think was a lot for me. Like I am not functioning to the degree that I usually function. It's taken me far longer to get things done that I could usually knock out in an hour. It's taken like two days. <laughs> like, my God, can I just get an hour, you know, of focused time. And even if I can get an hour of focused time, my brain hasn't recalibrated from the fact that like it's all still different. You get what I mean? Even if I did get the hour, you know, to myself. So, um, so that's really, really good to hear you say. Um, I think I want to just kind of wrap with uh, what some of our personal coping skills like are. And then I'll kind of go first since I've um, kind of said that. I think for me, like today, for example, we had to make the decision for whether or not we were going to continue to send Amari to daycare. Well, daycare is about a stack of month, like $1,000 a month, almost 900. Um, and she goes to like, like a baby academy and it's a, it's a great space. I love the space. She has thrived there for the last almost two years. And so um, we want her to be in that space. However, I'm not working. <laughs> so that means that this is a bill that we could incur that we don't necessarily have to incur because we can keep our own kid. We wouldn't have believed that before four weeks ago. <laughs> However, now we're like, oh, we could do this, right? At least for 10 more minutes, not maybe forever, but <laughs> for 10 more minutes. Um, let the record show that if I ever become like a full-time homeschooler situation outside of a pandemic, <laughs> that the stars have aligned, something crazy has happened because <laughs> listen, baby, I am not the one. Um, and so anyway, in that, I think I found myself having a little bit of an anxiety situation this morning and just like, you know, me, I don't ever think about the moment. I'm the thought six months ahead, like, oh, snap, what is this going to mean if we're actually homeschooling full time? Is, if, you know, is she going to learn what she needs to learn? What if I have to travel? What am I going to do? Like just all these things. And so today, one of the things that I did was rearrange Mari's room. Like I put all of my energy in what I could control, like in something I could do. So there was almost a part of me that felt like, hey, there's nothing I can do about the fact that our finances are where they are right now, that I'm not working. I can't tell these people to say, hey, no, you need to allow large gatherings to get back together so that I can go back to work. Like, I can't do that. So what can I do? I can focus my energy on something productive and, uh, and get it out. And for me, I'm the type of person that needs to get it out. For some people, they just want to be, and they don't need to feel any pressure to do. 
And for me, I'm like, I have to do something if I can do something. Um, and I've been in seasons where I can't, but I'm like, I can. And so today I didn't, I mean, you talk about move this baby's bed across the room. We rearranged our toys. We, I was like, we need to create a, a better learning space for her so that now if she's going to be doing all her learning here, she needs, it needs to be more structured. <clears throat> and I feel like that really just refreshed me and reset me, like just to see her room looking different. She's even more excited about being in her room, which is a place that she has to be more now than than ever so it was helpful for me you know it made me want to move my desk or pivot it or you know just kind of change things up because like okay if this is the new normal I need to be able to get acclimated and adjusted here so for me coping was reorganizing <laughs> you know some things that was how I dealt with some of the unknown and the uncertainty that is about to come in the coming you know months um yeah so that's something that I that I did <clears throat> Something I've done in the past to cope is cut my hair. Uh, usually anybody who knows me is like when stuff happens and life changes a lot, I got a new hair, hairstyle. And they're like, what you doing? Girl, my hair blonde today because I'm trying to cope, you know, like, or I didn't cut all my hair off because I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to cope. Um, so those are some things I've done before. And I'm not suggesting that these are necessarily healthy practices, but I'm just saying these are things that I, that I do. I, I busy myself. I clean. Um, sometimes cleaning makes me feel like, okay, I've gotten like things that even though my life doesn't feel clean, at least the room can feel clean, <laughs> you know? And I think again, practically for me, there's, uh, the, the benefit of seeing something accomplished, right? <laughs> like I did something kind of like the list. I am a list girl. I can show you four lists right now. Boom, 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 right here. It's like, boom, all of the things that have to do with little tally marks, like next to them. Um, and sometimes if it ain't on my list and I do it, I write it on the list just so that I can say that I, that I checked it off. And so um, those are some ways that I have coped um, just practically. And then I think my faith has also been <clears throat> a way that I, a way that I deal, a way that I manage, you know, in times like this, like reminding myself of what I believe, um, what is my faith built in, what is my, my hope built on? And uh, that keeps me grounded as well. So that's me. What about you? That brought a song to my spirit. I was singing what, what it song? in my head. Um, um, the one on Christ the Solid Rock I stand. Because you said my hope is built. Anyway. Is that like a lyric or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My hope is built on Okay. Okay, my turn. Is, okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> so what, one of the things I will throw out here for people to know is that um, I mentioned this earlier, but coping can be healthy and unhealthy. And you just kind of alluded to this. Like, I'm not saying these are healthy ways. I, I, they don't sound unhealthy. I think if they are in excess or in an attempt to like, neglect other responsibilities then maybe yes it could be unhealthy um one of the things i enjoy doing is cooking so cooking is very therapeutic for me some people like no it's not therapeutic for me so if that's you that's totally fine for some people it's not safe to cook so if that's if that's you you know you might not want to cook. Listen, baby, nothing about cooking is therapeutic for me. That drink stresses me out. And I've had to cook more in the second <laughs> pandemic that I have in the last 10 years. My God. 
It stresses oh me out because I just always feel like, oh God, I'm missing something. Oh, it's going to be in there too long because you got to do too much multitasking and I'm not, I'm not good at cooking. So then it just, it causes much stress and I just rather not. Uh, <laughs> so I agree. It is not therapeutic for me, but boy, that cleaning, cleaning and reorganizing, that makes me feel good. Oh my goodness. So I like to cook. So I cook. I cook regularly though. So I'm not, the the things I'm doing to cope right now are not things that I do in my regular life. I actually think that coping is something that should be practiced outside of moments of distress because if you practice your coping when you're not in moments of distress, you increase the likelihood that you'll use the skill when you are in distress, but also you increase the likelihood that you'll use the skill properly. So let's say, for example, I want to use deep breathing. Mm -hmm. Well, if I don't practice deep breathing outside of moments when I'm stressed out or having anxiety or having a panic attack, then I may not actually know how to deep breathe properly so that when I do find myself in a panic attack or having anxiety, then I can use it correctly and I will actually want to use it. If I've not practiced it, probably not going to think about deep breathing so that's something I always encourage people is like if there are some coping skills that um you can continually practice so if it's I like drawing drawing really calms me draw when you're feeling good when you're having a great day so that when you are stressed out you'll feel more inclined to want to draw versus being like I don't want to draw um so I have been also using prayer as a way to cope through this. So I think I mentioned during the podcast last week that I have a, a list of workers on my mirror and in my bathroom. And so anytime I wash my hands, I pick a category and I pray for those group of people. I also, something that's new that I don't typically do that I've been doing is doing some random like craft stuff um but it's craft stuff that I've been wanting to do so like I had bought stuff to do a DIY spice rack and I just never did it this was probably like a year ago so I just did it this week and I'm presently putting together a prayer wall and I'm excited about that because um I keep a prayer journal but now that I'm not going anywhere I don't really need to keep it in a journal because I'm not going anywhere, so it doesn't need to be mobile. So I'm doing a, I'm doing one on a, on a door in my room. And um, I am, I guess, halfway done with that. And then I like stuff like music. Music has always been an outlet for me and something that lifts my spirits. Or sometimes I feel like I need to cry. I can find certain music and turn it on. It'll, you know, let me get that out. And so music is another thing that I've been engaging in. But, I mean, I just love music. So, yeah, it's always uh, a good outlet for me. I got a guitar. Uh, in the you did get a guitar. My anniversary and my birthday gift. And uh, Mike was so gracious to... Um, buy me a tailor, a really nice one. Um, and so I've been playing more. I mean, obviously I haven't played in like years, probably like five years. Um, and so at least, and so 
it was great to like pick it up and to start like strumming and just kind of let myself, you know, kind of get back into the habit. Then immediately I'm like, got to get back good. <laughs> you know, so I'm watching all kinds of yeah. videos. I'm learning to <laughs> learn the song every other day. Like I was like, I can get these chops back up, you know? Uh, and it comes, I mean, it's, it's really like riding a bike without the stamina essentially is what it is for me playing the guitar because my, my, the muscle memory and remembering chords and progression like that, that is fine. My fingers just can't take too much of it because it's been so long since we played. So I know I know how to do it. I just can't do it for a very, very long time. And so, um, but that has been something that I've found gives me calm and um, rest and it, it's been good for me. Mm-hmm. Something else I'll throw out there for people that are listening that may be trying to figure out like, what do I like to do to cope or to deal or to manage? So there may be things that you can do that are like physical ways to cope, but then there are also like mental, emotional ways to cope. So a physical way of coping might be doing exercise or taking a walk or um, being mindful of how much sleep you're getting or being mindful of the kinds of foods that you're eating that may um, decrease your productivity if you're needing to work from home. Like if you're eating a lot of snacks, you're probably going to feel a little more groggy, sluggish, um, things that will give your brain energy versus emotional type of coping, which might include things like journaling or talking to a support or uh, meditating or praying or things like that. So I think in some moments it can be helpful too to figure out like do I need to manage in a way that is like me doing some kind of physical activity or do I need to manage like the emotional content that's happening here and in a different kind of way like sometimes managing emotional content can be helpful in a physical way like if I'm very angry it might be helpful for me to go take a run or to punch a punching bag to get it out um whereas for some people they like no I need to do something that's going to be a little more soothing like journaling or listening to music or something like that. So listening to your body and figuring out like what might be best in a moment because coping can be done in a whole lot of different ways. And sometimes it may seem like things aren't working or they're not helping. And some of that might be just based on our standard and like what we're measuring working by. but having lots of different options, I think is helpful because it's kind of like a toolbox. Like if I want to screw a nail into something, I'm probably not going to use a hammer. Could I use a hammer? Maybe. I mean, I probably could figure out how to make the end hook side of it work, but it's not the best tool to use. And so I think coping skills are like that they're like a toolbox where it's great to have lots of different things that you can pull on because in some moments some things don't work or don't work as well as other things and so you need to have multiple options that are available to you that's really good um you got me out here taking notes oh my gosh I'm for real. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I be writing stuff down because I'm like, ooh, I need to know. Because for me, that distinction between physical ways of coping, emotional ways of coping, them all being mm-hmm. different. I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy uh, cleaning and reorganizing because I get to physically ex- exert energy. I'm like, I need to get it up. I carry a lot of my stress in my body 
Like, you know, and so I'm like, I need to release, I need to get it out. And if it's not going to be working out, I need to, that's why I need to be busy (laughs) and do something. Otherwise I'm going to feel like I'm about to combust. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That was good. And I have a, I have a, like a little short resource guide. It's a couple pages long. So if somebody is looking for some ideas, they can email us at sheartconvos at gmail and ask for the coping resource and I'd be more than happy to share that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Heart Combos family, we hope that this episode has been helpful for you really just to hear a candid conversation around how we're doing personally and maybe how others are are doing. Um, Know that uh, we're all in this together as we are just walking out one day at a time. Um, And if you are a person of faith, know that um, your faith um, is probably the core of who who you are. Um, But there are some very basic practical things that you can do in combination and conjunction coupled with, right, your your faith that can really allow you to thrive. So um, I just wanted to say that don't put all the pressure on yourself for it to be just... Uh, a, a spiritual thing you know like during this time um, uh, but know that there are layers you know there's physical layers emotional layers you know spiritual layers um, if, you're, if you're a person of faith in all of this and so um, yeah thank you Raphine for just giving us that insight and, um, and just Welcome. sharing a bit of your professional wisdom uh, with us uh, today. We've got one more episode left in season two of the Heart Combos podcast. And so we hope that you will join us for our last episode that will be airing next week, episode uh, 17, I think it might it might be. And so um, we love you guys. Please remember it's not a hard conversation. It's heart conversation. Peace. Hello.